0: Football Pod on OTB Sports And the best thing about Dublin All through their great period Was the fact that they had these characters That when it came to the big moments And embraced the ground shaking crop hair. The
1: Football Pod is available every Tuesday Exclusively on the OTB
2: Sports app OTB's The Hurling Pod With James Skehu and Paul Murphy Paul Craven here in the People of Galway We love you
0: I don't want to leave the people of Waterford, them, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Waterford are my life, you know, and I, 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 love, I, love, I love me county, you know. We love John Millan! It's almost like they're afraid to kind of go mm. and Hurl and yep. just let themselves express themselves. It's like as if they're nearly afraid to make a mistake, and sometimes you have to make a mistake and just throw off that bit of nervousness and have a go.
1: Yeah, it's pure constipated hurling.
2: Welcome along to episode 21 of the Hurling Pod. It is our All Ireland final preview special. This one doesn't need much of a hard sale, really. It is the first meeting between Kilkenny and Limerick in a final since 2007. The Cats won back then by 2.19 to one fifteen. The only player who's still around from that game is TJ Reid, Kilkenny's hero from their semi final victory against Clare a couple of weeks ago. Prior to that, the teams hadn't met in the final since 1974. This will be Limerick's fourth appearance in five seasons in the final, missing out in 2019 when they lost out to kilkenny in the semi-finals of the championship they will be bidding to win three in a row in the all-ireland for their first time in their history a feat that was last achieved by kilkenny back in 2008. kilkenny it feels like a major drought as well they haven't lifted the lean mccarthy since 2015 but if they do so this coming sunday it'll be a remarkable 12th for brian cody it is a mouth-watering final ahead delighted to say james scales with me james how are you getting on very
1: well guys how are you
2: and i have to give paul murphy his full title now all-Ireland Hurling Championship, four medals, All-Ireland Intermediate Hurling Championship, All-Ireland Under-21, All-Ireland Club Junior Hurling Championship with Danesford, and also now an All-Ireland Junior Football Championship winner after Kilkenny's victory against New York, three twelve to 1-9. Paul Murphy, it's a good CV you've put together of All-Ireland medals there, but where does this junior football title in the first for Kilkenny rank among them? Ah, sure. Look, it's I don't know. Um, <laughs> tough trying to rank them all. Like I was explaining to lads during the week that, um,
0: like my f- probably most important All Ireland was the Junior Club All Ireland uh, one with Sport in two thousand seven. But just you know, there's so many reasons for it. Uh, But what I was explaining to lads basically is that it's nothing to do with how many people are in the stadium or anything to do with that. It's just, you know, being on a journey with a group of lads, getting to play in Crow Park and taking home a bit of silverware. So, look, it's somewhere in the middle of them there. I'm not going to tell lads it's it's the greatest one I ever won. But um, we had a brilliant day yesterday. We had a brilliant weekend. Um, And there was lads yesterday coming away from Crow Park 10 feet tall because I think a lot of lads... Never probably thought that they wouldn't have an opportunity to be in Crow Park as part of a team, to maybe take home and build their silverware. Like, it was a July a sunny day in Crow Park, playing before one of the biggest games in the GAA calendar, Kerry and, and Dublin. And, uh, like, a big one for us was after the game. We were all celebrating. We all thought it was great. And lads were kind of humming and hawing about, will we go and do a lap of honour? And sure we just said, look, come on, we'll go and do it. And the Kerry and Dublin supporters, the, the, the handful of people that were in there before the game, like people started standing up and just clapping and acknowledging that you'd won a cup like so there was lads were
2: delighted it was absolutely brilliant so to be part of that i was I had a great day yesterday it was absolutely brilliant yeah and look watching the game on ga go you seem to have a reasonably free roll despite the fact you were in the number three shirt you were allowed to kind of wander around and sweep a little bit was that a deliberate tactic to give you a bit of freedom when you're in possession No, it was, um, I suppose the way
0: football is, is just that teams drop back that little bit more and the full back line maybe find themselves free. and at times I was marking, but then there was times where you'd rotate. Maybe a cornerback would make a run up the pitch and he'd come back and then you'd say, listen, you sit there on the 14, mark, mark the man, and I'll just sit out a little bit further and then maybe get him one or two balls. So, there, you know, it's kind of 50-50 for the game. I was marking a guy for, you know, for a bit of it. But then at the same time, you just find yourself free. So the way football is, you just go and move around the pitch and try and get yourself on the ball. So it wasn't a deliberate tactic by us by
2: any means. Um, I think it's just the way... I suppose football is played at the moment and the way the teams drop back. Because I was wondering, was this a case of, you were talking about being a forward earlier this year and then inevitably end up in the full back line again. I was wondering, were you just kind of frustrated having to play there and went, right, I'm just going to bomb forward?
0: Uh, no, no, not at all. Like uh, the lads kind of explained it to me that obviously, like I mean, again, it goes back to football now that even if you are playing full back, it's not that you stand on the edge of the D and you just stand there. Like you know, you look at any games, there's there's players all over the pitch, including goalkeepers bombing forward now. So it was really just a case of okay, you're playing full back, but you have license to when we're in possession, go and support the play going forward. Um, didn't do it a whole lot in Abbottstown the other night. Um, so then I was just kind of conscious that you know make a few runs up the pitch um i suppose coming from deep maybe breaking an old tackle and get through into the other, in, into the new york's half and pop off a pass so I just came through once or twice i went for a shot at one stage and it went wide um so I kind of said, right, I won't, st- I won't keep shooting now for the rest of the game. But I was slightly heartened in the sec- when we watched the second game. Brian Fenton hit a wide into Hill 16, so I didn't feel too bad about myself. And so did Davey Clifford. So I was like, I look even the greats do it as well. So I didn't feel too bad about myself there. <laughs> it's the only said-
2: way I could get my own name into Brian Fenton and Davy <laughs> Clifford in football. So that's all I could do some very decent players in your team too um your free taker has got a lovely style of free taking uh, particularly in the first half he popped over uh, some lovely scores into the hill 16 end i thought McKenney was really really good during the game too i mean mm. uh, we talk about Kilkenny football and what's potentially there there's some nice footballers in that team paul yeah, that's it. Um and
0: you know, look I I've been saying it to lads that there is there's really good footballers in Kilkenny. Um and some are in the woodwork and some are some we've got them out of the woodwork. But I'd like to make Kenny has been around and Mick Malone. They're probably, you know, two of the main lads, us, Jerm Malone as well. Um but they're really good footballers and you know, they'd be competing on if they're in any other county, they'd be pushing for places on really any county, let's say, um, outside the top four or something. They they would be putting their hand up for a jersey with those teams um, and I think a lot of other players who maybe are in the woodwork are looking at that now going maybe maybe I, I will play this and you know like let's say in the years going forward but anybody who was at the game in Abbottstown on Friday night nobody came away from that game thinking it was a bad game of football it was a great game I think it was three eleven to 2-9 it finished up you know lots of goals lots of really open play um, but you know we 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 heard from the London people and from the New York people in Warwickshire and 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 all neutrals that were there kind of they were shockingly surprised that you know that we had a structure that we had a system that players were well able to play. Okay, the handling might have been great at times, but lads were going actually you do have a core of of players here that you can actually play. So that is there. It's in Clichy, and I think at the moment it's just a matter of saying look, this is something to make it attractive for really good players and more and more players to put their hand up and say, actually, you know, I will play and I will be involved. Because there's many more Mick Kennys there, there's many more
2: Mick Malones there that could be the the, the core of a Kilkenny football team. There was a bit of compromise to make sure this happened. The training on the Monday, the fact it was a short season, was there to attract players in too. It'll probably take a little bit more commitment if Kilkenny want to work back up the levels and particularly talk about maybe getting back to the National Football League after a decade away is there a chance to actually build on this or what is the hope among your panel about where you might actually go from here? Yeah, the hope is among the panel certainly is that, you know, the the, the move will be made to step
0: back into Division 4 at some stage. Like, not necessarily saying next year. Like, I I do believe that there are players again in Kilkenny that Kilkenny could step into Division 4 next year no problem if we knew those players would be involved. Um, But it may be a short turnaround to do that. But certainly within the next two years anyway, I think Kilkenny could step back into Division 4 and, and. That would be the plan um, And and like I think Like you said there You know Our training was mostly On Monday nights um, Every player that you saw On the pitch yesterday Or even on the panel Is training three nights a week With their own club There was times there Where we were training Monday night football Tuesday night with your club You might have Wednesday night off Thursday night You'd have a football match Friday with your club And then Sunday You know That was the general routine So you might be playing Two or three matches a week that's not sustainable going forward so like realistically what has to happen is that you know clubs have to understand that if if kenny are to go back into division four in football you know these players have to be given the space to actually go and train consistently with the football team and that's that's a bit of ground that we have to earn back from the hurling um, but it, it, it has to happen to afford players the opportunity because there are players who want to play in Division 4 and like you know when we were on the road show there two weeks ago um and you know we were chatting to Podge Collins and Colin Collins afterwards I was saying to them like Colin Collins' boys were, were disappointed after losing to Derry understandably enough But I was saying to them, I said, lads, Kilkenny's goal and dream at the moment is the day we get to talk out against Clare, against Limerick's, against all these. That's our goal at the moment. Like, you know, so each team's and county's goals are are relative to their own. But that's where we are at the moment. And like after the game we were talking about, we're saying it absolutely is achievable. 100% is achievable at the moment. And I think now if, if they want it to happen, now is the time to do it because there's a little bit of attention on it at the moment. And, you know, the, maybe the, ground, the, the, the groundwork is laid now to actually go and, right, we'll make a crack at getting back in Division 4 and put a bit of shape on this.
2: And look, it looks like you really enjoyed yourselves as well. I was looking at the picture, which you put up with a kind of a sense of irony last night outside Nolan Park with the home of football and bringing the cup back. As much as we'll kind of joke around that, at the same time, obviously, you guys had a bit of crack around this as well. It's an unusual championship where it's two games in three days as well. That's it. Like look, no
0: one's, you know, under any other illusion as to what, you know, the whole year and where Kilkenny football is and everything. It's it's great to just be talking about it in a positive light. Look, it was a junior final, but nevertheless it was an All-Ireland medal. It's a, it's an All-Ireland cup. It's, you know, it is what it is and it's a positive step forward. Um I think the whole thing about it is look, lads appreciate that like especially with the week that's in it, you know, Kilkenny are going to try and win an All-Ireland um, at the highest level in hurling. But nevertheless, we have a group of players here that are going about it. And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek as well. Like I put up the oak, obviously, as a bit of a laugh because the bunting is up for the All-Ireland Week and the jersey's up and Nolan Park, you say the name Nolan Park, you think Hurland. But I suppose it's all just the fact that we were enjoying our day, we were enjoying our weekend and that we brought a, a football trophy back to, to Nolan Park. Well, we're only... I suppose lads were dropping the gear bags there last night before heading down to town. But uh, yeah, it was just, uh, I suppose, having a bit of a crack. And I think, look, people are enjoying it. The the reaction's been very positive in terms of lads saying fair play, well done. And even yesterday, there's a great video on Twitter of us when we're doing the the Lap of Honour there was one Kilkenny supporter up on Hill 16 waving a flag and we all saw him and it was just, it was this great moment that the Dublin and Kerry fans were ready to crowd out Hill 16 and here was a lone Kilkenny supporter head to toe in Kilkenny gear with a flag. So we're well aware of like that it's, it's a, we're in a very small group in Kilkenny but
2: we're, we're going to enjoy our moment nonetheless. And you were telling us just before we recorded a few chancers on your panel went over and managed to get Kerry jerseys after the game.
0: But yeah, there was. Jeez, uh, they, they were thinking They were thinking sharp now at the time because obviously we were in the Cusick stand and after the game, lads were swapping jerseys and whatever and holding on to them or whatever were, their plans were. But we came around, got a bit of food under the Hogan stand and uh, there was lads holding their Kilkenny jerseys. And I said, lads, what are you doing? They said, look, I don't know if there's a chance here that I'm going to pass by a Dublin footballer or a Kerry footballer or whoever but the chance that I might get a jersey, I can't pass it up. So we got down the tunnel after the game. Now we were held back maybe 10 minutes, obviously enough to let the players clear off the pitch and so on. And we were making our way to the bus. And as we went down the tunnel, I think lads just made a quick little dart down the tunnel, down to right or left to find the kit man, find the player, find the sub and sure uh, we got on the bus anyway and there was players holding up Poddy Clifford's jersey, Stephen O'Brien's jersey, whoever and they were it was like they were holding a pot of gold they thought this was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable so to have a Kerry jersey there, I didn't see any Dublin jersey but to have a Kerry jersey there on the bus that was after playing in one of the greatest games there ever was um, like lads were absolutely beaming so we have
2: good footballers and we have chancers as well on the team so it's a good mix you sure I do. James, I promise that's as much Gaelic football chat as we're gonna have on the pod this year. Because we we're talking about the Gaelic football during the week. And what did you say, Scal? We're actually putting a quota on the amount of Gaelic football posts that can go in the WhatsApp. Yeah, I just on record
1: as well, we so saw I just struggled to get my one year old to sleep sometimes. So I'm just gonna replay this for her Steven. Okay. I might put her off. Well congrats to you, Morph. Thanks not very much. Easy, James. Not not easy with a title and two codes.
0: Ah yeah, thanks very much. That no, was great crack. Appreciate your support, even though I know you don't like it in the hotel. No, while,
1: well, I thinking, <laughs> when, while Murphy was plucking balls out of the sky in Crow Park, I was in the bog, <laughs> bringing home turf. That's, That's right, <laughs> yeah, you're leaving li- you're the high life, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right
2: well Skell if Kilkenny are going for the double which Paul kind of held back in saying but I could kind of feel it in the back of his voice he wants to say that the double is potentially on this coming weekend we had Bo Lawler in contact on Instagram with one of the first questions before we dig into detail on the game itself All-Ireland Final Week what's the week like for them as players are you avoiding people what's the week like Skell what were you like on All-Ireland Final Weeks then
1: I think uh, my first and last All-Ireland like we're, we're, were contrasting times you could say the first one was just it was quite exciting, you know. It was it was new territory to us um, at that time to say, like, "Oh, I wouldn't have been in Ireland uh, on a regular basis." Like we'd only been in, we're averaging kind of two final appearances per decade. So the cold place was kind of in a in a an air of hysteria. So that was uh, that was one thing to get over. But at that time let's say, like, I I would admit, probably the first one you were kind of liaison with people, talking to people. Everyone was excited. They were talking about the match. It was all kind of it was all consuming. Whether it be your family, friends parishioners whatever it was I'd say and uh I won't say distracted yet but just you you were you weren't as conscious or aware of all the people around the area wanted to get access to you as you were in your future years and then on the last one it was kind of where just pure block it out forget about it because you just you you learned that it was completely irrelevant that you know when you're on the pitch you're you're by yourself with your teammates so what people say beyond the group or or about the group or coming up to a game is completely irrelevant but it was a great time like I, I I always look forward to it um You'd be kind of, <clears throat> your 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 nervousness level would be building as the week progresses. So, like, it would hit the Monday and it's, the week is coming. Then, towards the get Friday, the little stomach starts twisting a small bit. You know, that's the way I'd be. And then you'd be just waiting for the match to start. Like The week, would, I found, would be the slowest week of, of all year because you're just itching for the game to come. But, like that, when you're nervous, everything seems to slow down. You know what I mean? Um, so, when the game came along, then it was just a great occasion. I loved everything about Ireland final day whether it be just meeting the lads in the morning, whether it be, you know, the guard Escort was great, you know, the stadium was great, running out the pitch was excellent, the president was grand. So all that, all that is involved with an Ireland final appearance is, like, is, is moments that, that should be cherished. And I still cherish them, regardless if we won or lost, you know. So it's, it's good for the guys, like obviously Limerick are well and truly used to it and a good portion of the Kini boys are too, but I was just looking at their, their starters. There's a number of guys that haven't featured in one yet, so this is new charity for them. So it's, it's, uh, it's ground afresh. So something to look forward to
2: yeah Brian Cody was saying that during the week as well James when I mean, to Dushing Langan he was saying there was three or four lads there who haven't had this experience before because they weren't around in the Glickapenny panel in 2019 <laughs> but he was saying sometimes that brings a good kind of energy too because you've got guys who are fresh and guys who are excited about it I mean when you think back to what about ten years ago when you would have been involved in your first All-Ireland final like I presume whatever nervous energy you have there's probably quite a bit of positive energy going into an All-Ireland final week too when it is new
1: yeah it certainly is because you know you've never been in a final to be defeated, you know, and there's, there's no negative baggage or, or anything like that coming with you. Um, I suppose in, in our first situation, you're probably referencing in 12 years, I was the first mm. one. Um, look, facing the Clikini team we were, going to, we were going to face for the, it was the second time, um, the first day, do you know what I mean? The second time we were going to face the next year. Like, And they, they were very, very strong at the time, let's say. So, but instead of approaching it like, with an element of nervousness, which we did on our own performance, like, we were really looking forward to challenge them. You know, That's what we were. We were the challengers, essentially. You know they had the title. We were, we were trying to take it off them. Um, and I was lo- I'm looking here to say this. I'm saying from the twenty nineteen Ireland final, Kenny have seven starters that will be, be starting. You'd assume will be starting on Sunday, whereas Limerick have fifteen starters that have got have played in, as you said yourself, you know, four of the last five five finals. So they're, they're bringing a different dimension in terms of experience. But again, those guys coming into the Kenny squad now that haven't been in in the in a final. They don't know really what they obviously they know what it's about etc they'll feed off the experienced guys in the panel but they'll come into this like completely afresh and there's no baggage if you know what i mean i know i repeat that word and they're able to do anything. i just think of walter walsh you know his performance in his first fire in 12 in the replay like he was an unknown entity entirely we didn't know about him at all and he comes on i think he scores two or three man the match so that's a newcomer. So I know everyone will pine to experience and experience is important in big moments, don't get me wrong, but you can't beat youthfulness, exuberance, you know, and just a guy willing to go out, go out and give it his best shot on his first attempt.
2: Yeah, Paul, that kind of reminds me, Walter Welsh being one, Shane O'Donnell probably being the other, where he gets the news on the team buses coming around the corner to Croke Park. Actually, you're coming into starting this All-Ireland Final replay and two guys are just hurled with abandon and banged in goals for their team to win. Um What's Paul Murphy like on the week of an All-Ireland final? then, given that you've just done a week of an All-Ireland final.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. James, <clears> hit <throat> the, the, the nail on the head there, really, in terms of um, the preparation. Like, the first one, for any of the lads experiencing the first one, like, I was in bed and asleep by half nine or ten o'clock the, the night before because I was just so looking forward to it. And, like, I don't think you feel, in your first one, you feel a huge amount of pressure because, like... Uh, I f- I was always thinking that, okay, this is my first All-Ireland. I'm not one of the big names here. Everyone's looking at Henry and Tommy and JJ and Owen Kelly, whoever. They're all looking at them. So you didn't feel that there was a huge amount of pressure on you. But then you fast forward to 2012 when we were playing the boys in the final. And they were after giving us a, a good beating like in the Leinster final. And it's funny, James, the, the, exactly what you said there of, you know, the stomach twists a small bit like, randomly in the week into it. It could be the, the Wednesday. Suddenly a belt of nerves you could be doing nothing you could be just sitting at home exactly. at your telly and sitting on the couch and suddenly your stomach just twists a small bit and you go yeah. "Jesus oh, what's that? yeah <laughs> it's like the body knows something's coming down the line here and that a lot of that is down to you have 15 tickets to hand out you have gear to sort you have to go and collect this there's lots of stuff that goes and everything is pointed towards sunday um but it's a random kind of an experience it's not that you're overwhelmed by nerves but suddenly as you're getting closer to the day you kind of go oh, the, the stomach you could be absolutely fine Someone gets a little twist and it, it just reminds you you have a big match on sunday <laughs> something like this and only an all final does that um but generally i was always great really enjoyed it like james said i always loved it and i loved the happiest place i was in the run into an all final was getting to go into Nolan park and train the week of it because it was like i suppose you were getting a bit of an appetizer for the fact fi- because lads were, it was great atmosphere lads were buzzing there was always you know and it was always good weather so you were just there was just a great atmosphere about it um but each one's uh, each each of them were kind of different. Um, like after 2013, let's say, when we were beaten in the quarterfinal, I remember after we went, myself and Richie Hogan went to um, the, the final that year and we went out into town for a few pints. And afterwards, Richie said, right, that's it. We're going to be in it next year. We're not going to be going out watching one, you know, having a few pints. So when it rolled around the following year and we were back in it, I was kind of back to the thing again of season that day, of like, look, go and enjoy it and everything. So for each player, it's different. But I, I enjoyed the run into them. I loved the running into it. Um, there was a little bit of nerves involved. There's a little bit of making sure that your house is in order from a bit out. And there's also a little bit of having to be selfish. Like, I didn't like overly talking to people about the final coming into it. I didn't like people coming up going, you know, is... Is Richie Hogan injured? Is TJ injured? I heard, you know, Conor Fogarty is flying it in training. I didn't like having to constantly talk about that because I, did, I wasn't going to tell anyone anything anyway, even if they were flying it in training, even if they were injured, I wasn't going to tell them. So constantly having conversations that you're lying to people basically was tiring at times, you know. So And that's no offence to anybody, but that was just part of my preparation. So um, I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, and they're just, but they take a huge amount out of players. Like you know, it's it's it is a huge thing because the week the week is so frantic, um, there to be enjoyed. And then the day itself, it's a long day. It's a long day in the body. It's a long day in the mind. So it is a tough, tiring experience. But it's it's absolutely brilliant. And and my all my experiences were excellent with the whole lot of them. The you
2: know, the guy I feel for Paul is when the team is named internally during the week, and a different team goes out to the media to be named, and someone probably knows. They've been told by the manager they're going to be replaced on game day. So it's your name to start, but you're probably not going to start. But yeah. well, you've got to keep it quiet between then and Sunday because you can't afford anyone to find out.
0: Yeah, that's it. And there's, uh, there, there's a huge element of, you know, taking one for the team there because it's obviously important. If that is happening, it's obviously important that... You know that that is kept under wraps until the day because maybe it's part of a plan that you know will will give them something they're not expecting. And usually it's a forward or something. You know, usually it's not like centre back or something, but usually it's you know a corner forward or a wing forward. And the likes of Walter Welsh, I don't think that was you know I think he was named under Friday night that he would start, but obviously that was something for Galway like going God, there's a lad they're, they're starting a fella here six foot five, you know, nineteen years of age or whatever Walter was. So that in itself was a bit of a whiz bang But it's interesting when you think like obviously when we're going back to it there of, of talking about people playing their. First First ones are people being told at short notice. If you look at 2012, 13, and 14, the, the, the man of the match, they were both three drawn games, obviously, but the, the, the games that are actually won, the three lads who won man of the match didn't play the first day. So obviously, Shane O'Donnell wasn't there the first day. Oh, um, uh, sorry, Walter Welch wasn't there the first day. Shane O'Donnell wasn't there the first day in 2013. And then Kieran Joyce won it in 2014, and he wasn't playing the first day. So it's interesting that the effect of maybe last-minute notice on a few newer players that it could... You know, you're just sprung. You don't have time to think about it. So you just play the match like it's a new match, like it's any match you're playing, a challenge match or anything. You don't have time to get overwhelmed by it. So the whole run into it you know there's so many things that can happen it's probably what makes all ireland day special and again you go back to like shane o'donnell a man basically ca- exploded out of nowhere three goals in the all Ireland final and is forevermore a hero in player regardless what he does so it, it is interesting like you're saying that someone could be sprung there now on friday night who might be a little bit unspec- un, uh, unexpected and could become the hero on sunday and like you said another player will probably have to keep that under wraps Friday evening tell his family that he is certain, even though he isn't but I don't know if that is going to be the case for either team this week
2: Yeah I think if it's going to happen it's far more likely to be on the Kilkenny side than the Limerick side but Limerick I think James you know what you're going to get and when donlin has been in contact the question that we probably got in the most uh, over the last 24 hours is Keane Lynch going to start and that's probably going to be the talk in Limerick and in Kilkenny over the next few days we got to see a bit of Keane Lynch a cameo performance on the bench in the semi-final the question now is, does John Kiley put him straight into the team, James, for this
1: weekend? Um, I can't see how he wouldn't, to be honest. And, but the question is, where do you put him? Um, if I'm John Kiley, I, I've, uh, I've dropped out of them and put in Lynch to midfield. Um, just, it's, it's, it's harsh, but you can't leave a lad of his quality on the bench. But I haven't started Peter Casey. <laughs> I'm talking like as if I'm the manager here, I haven't started him. No, he's not starting. <laughs> I've left in Graeme Mulcahy going forward. I've put Keane Lynch into midfield and I've left... I've left the rest as is. Um, he's just too good. That's it in the story. He's too good. If the likes of Kenning, if TG Reid, if Tony Kelly, these guys were injured for a prolonged spell and were available for final, would the respective managers play them? Hundred percent. know, and the same applies here. I think what happens with Limerick sometimes is we look at the rest of their forward unit, and we look at the brilliance of the and Flanagan, Hegarty and Hayes, and we say nearly somewhat, just they won't need Lynch to start. Of course they do. They need to give absolutely everything to the first half against Kenny because that's what going, they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be receiving like Kenny. Notably, they start strong all, all the time. Always start strong, start heavy, work first hard. So you're going to have to get, get, match them and exceed them for the first 20 minutes. And you need, you need ball players like Keen Lynch. And when you put in a Keen Lynch person, you take the, you know, there's, there's an interesting dilemma now or an interesting angle of this is The Mikey Butler. I know it's a question. Who is he going to take up? You know, and there's, there's four lads he could take up, to be honest. So I, I can't wait to see who's, who he's going to follow. I, do, I can't see him going out to Keen Lynch if he starts in midfield. I just don't. I, I can see him picking up a Galant-type person who needs uh, a lot of close marshalling. But um, that's an interesting dynamic itself. But look, answer your question, Will, Keen Lynch starts all day for me.
2: Right. We can get back to the debate around who Mikey Butler is going to pick up and where Galan is potentially going to drift in a moment. But, Paul, when it comes to the question around Keen Lynch, you felt last week, if someone's going to miss out, Mulcahy might be the one to drop as opposed to a midfielder dropping to the bench.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like I, I think Keen Lynch does start. And I think, unfortunately, and look, it's just going off... You know, Graham Mulcahy kind of in the latter end of the championship as now we've we're starting to see him on, on the on the starting list. But you know, he has been in and out. And there's been a few players, you know, for Limerick that that has been their job for the last while. Maybe they start and, you know, come off after about forty minutes, or maybe they're just introduced, you know, as a sub with twenty minutes to go. And if no, the indications maybe would be that Graham Mulcahy will be that player, and it's I suppose it's tough to say it because he's a great player, he's been a great servant for Limerick, but you know, these days are there to be won. I think Keen Lynch will start. And I think there's two reasons why he would. Look, let's say if he's 95%, we'll call it that he's 95%. Those players, you're better off nearly starting them if you have any plan to play them at all. Because if they come on, get injured, and you have to take them off, that's two substitutions gone. Um, Keen Lynch, the last day, I think he, what he got on, maybe two, three balls grand. But I think John Kiley would rather get him into the game earlier and ha- be involved and be at the pitch of the game. There's some players, like we saw David Reedy, comes in with, you know, 10 or 15 minutes ago or whatever it is, like, you know, has a real impact basically coming down the home straight Um, I've no doubt of Kean Lynch's capabilities to to potentially do that but I think where his strengths are is starting the game and and being influential throughout the game so I think that's where he goes so I think he does go in centre forward I think they will start him Kyle Hayes obviously will have to move then and like I said last week I think what will possibly happen is they'll just put 15 on Kyle Hayes' back maybe and say listen we don't want you in the, inside there in the full forward line. What we want you to do is we ask a few questions of the full back line, get out around middle of the field, centre forward, wherever you want to go. But what we want you to do is get that ball and be running at the Kilkenny goal. We don't want you getting the ball with your back to the Kilkenny goal. We want you running at it. So I think that's the switch that Limerick will make, and I don't see them touching their midfield because their midfield is is a very strong midfield. They get on ball. They're very they're they're influential in their own way of breaking up play. So I think. Um, the, the, the Limerick midfield stays as is Keen Lynch centre forward and
2: Kyle Hazel drop into the corner Alright Paul to pick up James's point there a second ago about Galan in the Kilkenny defence who's picking Galan up? Mikey Butler um, I
0: think Mikey Butler picks him up 2019 Huey Lawler picked him up because Galan was starting full forward if I'm right that day um, I don't think I don't think it was the case that we went man marking that day and, and Huey Lawler was told to go for Aaron Gillan. Maybe he was, but my memory was that Gillan started full forward that day. It is. It is. Yeah, so like with Flanagan in there now, um, in around kind of holding the full forward position, and we see what Gillan is doing, drifting out, starting, at, starting in and around the D. And making that break out in open space to get onto a ball and then popping it over what you want there is a fella that's just going to stick to you and stick to that player and just flick and flick and flick and just be just annoy them just absolutely annoy. and you need someone to have the legs to do that you know the legs to last second make a burst over you know 30 40 yards to stick you know go toe to toe galant to do that if gilan gets a ball you know, a tigerish kind of defender, and all those things are just pointing that Mikey Butler will do that. And I don't think it's a case that this week, you know, Brian will have to protect Mikey Butler from it now because obviously he got a lot of attention after the Tony Kelly thing. I don't think he's that type of player. I think Brian will just go, "You're marking Aaron Gallan, and that's it, and on you go." And I think Kenny might do that just for Gillan and. Anyone else after that, potentially Cian Lynch, maybe, I don't know. But I don't think Kilkenny will overuse that card. I don't think they'll say, all right, we're going to go with all matchups." Um, but Mikey Butler, for me, would be the man
2: for Galan. Mm-hmm. That could be a hell of a battle, scale. You've got the slipperiest customer around in Aaron Galan, and Mikey Butler, who's shown in the last day what he can do when he sticks to an opponent. That could be one of the real key battles if they end up going toe-to-toe.
1: Yeah, but see, it's horses for courses too. So if we if we were to to, to put Mikey Butler into the situation uh, of the the semi final against against Carl excuse me, you'd say he'd be well able to marsh and go land there, let say, where the ball is into open space. And Limerick do it very well. It's Quade Nash or Quade. Uh, to, to Finn Finn to Donovan or Dunhu, and then into the corner you know, where Galen is moving his movement is absolutely excellent so if that's the kind of style of play that Limerick are going to adopt which you'd imagine they will for a large portion of the game you need someone like Mikey Butler to be absolutely glue tight to Galen and to be there on arrival like I think if Galen is such a good shooter and his range of shooting body motion is so good that he can shoot nearly over his shoulder somewhat and still score so if you're going to have any chance against him you need to be there when the ball's arriving a bit like Dahi got Couple of times he was hitting the hurl as he was bouncing to Galen. That's the running shot. If you give him a chance to get out in front of it, you're in serious trouble. But the thing with Galen, and I'd, I'd say Lawler will take up Flanagan. I'd imagine Flanagan will probably roam around the place, and I think Flanagan will find himself in those pockets of space this this week because I'd say if Galen is on Butler, then Limerick are going to pump in a few high balls into him, and we know how good Galen is in the air. I'd just be interested to see how, how, how that's that's adopted because Galen, we've seen him throughout the years. He does this kinda of in behind move whereby he gets obviously in behind a, a hurler and kinda of catches the ball out over him and then turns and it's a free range of goal. So I think in this instance, if if they do put Butler on him, you can see that happen a lot more. You know, and I think if you're looking at a player who might have the pace of Butler, then is out into space and vice versa, you know. So I think it's kinda of horse for courses. So they but then again sure like I haven't really seen Mikey Butler in the air being tested in a one-on-one situation in the full backline so again I'm interested to see that but like history will show the Kilkenny lads are well able to win their own ball so his job Mikey Butler is just get hit to ground get hit to ground and the cavalry will arrive but just don't let, let, let the galang get primary possession whether it's on the ground coming in low ball or coming in high just don't let him get into his hand because he's too dangerous.
2: Paul when it comes to how Kilkenny are likely to set up for this given how well they've played in the semi-final do we think they're going to play same personnel probably very similar system again um, I I don't think they'll. It's, yeah, it's a tough one to call. Like the the system, see,
0: the system wasn't overly tested. Their system wasn't overly tested against Clare in terms of exposed for because Clare didn't go at them hard enough for Limerick to look at it and go, okay, well this is Kilkenny's system and okay, I can see how a few things we might poke holes in here. I think if if Clare did test it, Kilkenny maybe would change it up a little bit more because they don't want Limerick poking holes in what Kilkenny are going to do. But they could go very similar again, yeah, because it. First of all, it was so effective the last day, and like I said, there wasn't so much pushback from Clare that there was weaknesses showing up. So if that was team was good enough to beat, um, or the system and and personnel was good enough to beat Claire the last day without being overly tested, well, it's it's nearly like a fresh hand again to go against, uh, to go against Limerick. I do expect what Brian will do, regardless, will be he'll maybe place one or two lads like he's in if we saw Adrian Mullen starting at midfield and then drifting to right half forward he might start the right half forward and then come out to midfield and maybe ask questions that way I do expect Brian to move players around so very similar personnel maybe maybe one or two changes I don't know but you know, he maybe will move the likes of Adrian Mullen and Owen Cody and TJ and he's just to ask a few questions of Limerick and maybe to try and identify have Limerick actually targeted anyone? Have Limerick said, listen, you are going with, which I don't think Limerick will do, but I think it's just as well that, that the Kilkenny management will move players around to see is there any indications here that they've identified any of our players as okay you have to go with him you are going to man mark that person because if that does happen well then Kilkenny can look at that and go okay there's something here they're obviously quite you know they're obviously quite concerned about Home Cody here being close to goal or they're concerned about Mossy Q or you know these sort these the of matchups so um, I think that's the only way Kilkenny maybe will play the same personnel but maybe move them around a small bit start them in different positions and just see how Limerick react to that start And but other than that I don't see a lot of wholesale changes to this Kilkenny, the Kilkenny team.
1: Can I ask you a question, Mark? Yeah. When you When you think about these moves that are made, is, is that Cody? Is he the tactician, or is there someone in the in the background? Like
0: Cody, Cody, would have his own ideas in terms of like, from my understanding of it, and this is from never having sat in with their conversations. <laughs> obviously, like so, your your ideas as much as mine. But uh, I think Brian obviously has his own ideas, and it's kind of a case of argue against why this shouldn't happen and then you know lads make an argument and i think if if an argument is valid then okay i i see where that's coming from i think no i think the lads do have their speak and i think they go you know they see patterns in training and like this is the thing with kilkenny training from my own experience and look again you're free to speak about galway's experience and maybe it's the exact same but you know, there'll be indications in training that certain person's going well in a certain position, and they'll identify that after training each night. To say, look, is everyone seeing the same thing here? Are We all on the same page. This is good. This is happening, and so on. So it's not a surprise when you come to a team, our management meeting out from an All Ireland. I think Brian goes in with very strong opinions, obviously enough into those meetings, and it's kind of a case of. Argue against why this shouldn't happen. That would be my impression of it. Um, in terms of tactician, I think he trusts the lads around him as well. I think the lads do come with tactics, um, but Brian would have his own, obviously, ideas uh, of to how to shake up a team and what should happen. And not only the tactics, but what each person brings to that position in terms of maybe a physicality, maybe a bit of you know a bit of aggression. Like Eddie Brennan was played the All Ireland final in two thousand eleven when he hadn't started any other games. But I think what Brian said. Eddie would bring to that Eddie was obviously Flying it and training But Eddie would bring a fire To that kind of forward line And like Eddie was going around Hitting potty maradons, Hitting Mickey Cal Like real kind of Old dog for the hard road Sort of stuff Like is in A lad would be walking out And it would be just a free out And Eddie just go And hit him a shoulder And walk away And your man would be Sitting on his arse or something I remember he did it to Mickey Cal On stage clever stuff like that and Brian would be even thinking of that like he'd be thinking you know I could throw someone in here now that will there'll be maybe a bit of divilment in him there might be something that'll throw a player off if he sees a young player you know Brian might go for go for blood there again I think of Eddie Brennan 2007 against Limerick Seamus Hickey was in the corner Mm -hmm. get Eddie Brennan in there and Eddie Brennan will love seeing a young fella standing in the corner so I think that's Brian will also bring that to meetings not just tactics but what about personality matchups what about these two together
2: that's something he thinks of as well James I'm very interested to see How it's going to work out The scoring power that we saw From The half forward line From Kilkenny And you can almost include Where Adrian Mullen was popping up In positions around the half forward line Kind of In a more attacking Midfield role Up against this Limerick half back line Which is so settled Who are also so important With how Limerick Actually distribute the ball out as well That zone in the field Is going to be intriguing on Sunday
1: Yeah Like Witnessing firsthand How Limerick backs Operate You know I, I've said it a thousand times. They're a fantastic unit, and but they seem to have this this great ability to remain in their own positions. Like it's rare you see a Jim Burns ending up on the seven wing or a Declan Hannigan ending up on the you know at midfield or on a four corner etc et So they, they, they're excellent at uh, at staying in their set positions. The full back kind of right move. I, I watched Nash and Casey and Finn. They go amongst the line, the three, and it doesn't really seem to matter because they're all good hurlers, good defenders, and they can play the ball out well. But the halfback can really seem to move. That's why I asked more about the tactics. I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm Cody, I'm left, and what do I do with my half forward, and how do I get him on as much ball as possible to drag out the the Limerick mid, uh, halfback line to create space for inside. And at the minute, like no team has really nailed it as such. I just think that they had the the inside force and Kinney have a, have a seriously tough job because they have to work like like dogs to be honest to shut down the halfback line first of all, and also when you have the ball to get themselves into space and to occupy the half-back line and get the Limerick half-back line go back to their own goal. That's the direction you want them. You, you don't want Declan Hannon or, or Kyle Hayes or, or sorry, or Jimmy Burns coming forward looking for shots. You want them go back to their own goal and try to defend and pin them back and make the pitch you know as small for those guys as possible. Because that, that's their platform. And in fairness, like what they do, so much of what they do comes from their backs. And even, I know everyone gets to applaud us, Land and Flanagan. And rightfully so because they do some great shooting. But like the, the heartbeat of the team and where it all comes from comes from their backs out the way and they make the, job, the, the jobs the forwards a bit easier in my opinion and uh, crucial to that is the likes of Declan Hannon you need to be occupying Declan Hannan to defend you want him defending all day all day defending you don't want him to have his hands on the ball at all so I just want to know how that's going to happen because the reason I asked you the question was because I do watch Cody and I think to see use TJ nearly as a a pawn to place him into the corner forward to see who they're gonna put on him. They didn't bring him out and see does he stick with him and move the opposition defence around a bit. You know, that's what I saw. against clear, they put him in the corner. Paul Flanagan hops onto him. Right, let's bring Paul Fanagan out to midfield. You know, yeah. bring him into his zone where you think he wouldn't be used to. You know, on an corner setup. So I'm wondering how does he operate T G Reid? Then I'm thinking, does he put Adrian Mullen out of the blue? Does he put him somewhere in around there? You know, just try and upset things a small bit. Because yeah. um, that's what that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to get the limit defenders kind of out of their comfort zone a bit which is very very difficult because they're they're seasoned campaigners and like a, a big word i used before is experience so they seem to have the answer for any team for this year so they haven't been beaten essentially my, don't mind the league for a moment but they haven't been beaten in championship and they have a massive run on in terms of unbeaten in championship games so they seem to always find the answer for whatever an opposition team throws at them and like in fairness from a goal perspective goal move very well they move forwards around they got into different positions tried long range shooting try get ball in the corners and Limerick just seemed to wear it down, and then rode out the last five or seven minutes. So it, that was it was very impressive. That's where I came away from the semi-final looking at them, going, geez, they 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 took they absorbed all the pressure that Galway gave them, whether it was something that they expected or they didn't expect, and they adapted fierce well. You know, which which I suppose Kilkenny K- 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 didn't have to do that against Clare, to be honest. Mm. Um, so I, that's why I'm, I'm, it's very intriguing for me as kind of if you want to call it, an analyst looking in and saying, "How does Corky attack Limerick? Because Limerick will come up. You'd imagine." with the same platform all all the time, the same team, the same personnel, you know, obviously the Lynch dynamic, etc., and the same pattern of play. But Cody, I think is going to have to throw something a little different because I, I think what they did against Clear, that they, they need 90 times out again to repeat, but they just need something a little different. What's that? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard for me to say what what it is, but something different maybe we haven't seen before whether it's, I just don't know, introducing Walter Walsh, putting him in on top of, you know, a Jimmy Burns or, Decl- or Declan Hannon and pumping the ball down the middle. I just don't know, but... I just think, think something needs to be uh, needs to be newly thrown at them. Mm. Paul, that's a that
2: they could look at potentially. I mean, the one time that I think Limerick's half-back line had been unsettled this year, was to go way back to the Tipperary game very early in the Munster Championship where Tipperary were able to create some overloads. They used the puck out very effectively to get in on that half-back line. Then... Limerick sorted it out during the game. You know, Skell talks about finding solutions. You during the game they were able to fix it. But for times Tipperary got a little bit of joy, particularly you know pushing overloads onto both wings that day.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's that's exactly it. And Kilkenny will look and say what kind of questions, let's say, have previously been asked of Limerick that have you know the teams have done that have worked, and also what could we now newly let's say bring to the table that maybe Limerick haven't seen before and I'd, I'd agree with you, James like is in what way Brian Cody is thinking I think the likes of yeah so the TJ obviously being every team has this kind of outstanding player that it, it, you can use him like a pawn to go right let's see who they want to actually mark him and let's say for example it's Sean Finn to go in and I don't think Limerick see Limerick are such a strong team I don't, I don't think they overly hang their coat and doing something like this but let's say TJ goes in and Sean Finn marks him if TJ drifts out like Sean Finn won't follow he'll follow him for a minute or so until they can reset like, but I don't think Limerick are too concerned with the likes of that but I think what they might do would be you know the likes of Adrian Mullen starting on the wing I think they'll target the likes of Adrian Mullen because he scored five points from play the last time and was really influential so I think they'll be saying listen let's keep an eye on Adrian Mullen and of course TJ but they might start Adrian at centre forward and kind of go, wait now, he's starting on Declan Hannon. Like, obviously, we don't have Declan Hannon pinned down to go and man-mark someone. We'd like to Declan Hannon to be orchestrated and everything here. So, now Adrian Mullen is maybe stepping out to midfield, and Declan Hannon's going, okay, do I have to follow him now, or do I not follow Those are the questions they're going to want to ask. And then, likewise, like I said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Walter Welch down on the pay, program to start at wing forward but he's actually in at full forward and then suddenly Mike Casey is standing on the edge of the box going and we saw you know one long ball into uh, the Galway full forward line goal the last day so maybe they're saying okay if we make the Limerick full back line sit very deep sit right down onto their 14 well that will create a bit of space for our half forward line and let's say the Galway match as well Galway got a bit of return from that middle of the field area, literally between the 265s, and they talk about this middle third, like even tighter again than that, the midfield area, 265s, how many points did they bang over in the first half from that area? So I think what Kilkenny will do is try and, you know, get a lot of ball through that area because the Limerick defence, the half back line, will want to sit back that little bit more. So Kilkenny have to ask the question of them to basically say, listen, you may step up on us or we're going to start putting balls over the bar. And if Limerick do that, Well, now suddenly there's 40, 50 yards of space into that full forward line that's now sitting deep on the 14. So, like, that's the arm wrestle. And for me, overall, Limerick will have the system. But what Kilkenny have proven is that they're the team this year to poke holes in systems. So I think Kilkenny will look and go, OK, like, obviously we have a game plan. We're not, you know, going out here real negative, trying to, I suppose, you know, not impose our game plan on Limerick. But we're certainly going to try and stop Limerick from playing the, the way that they want to play. And I think one really important thing that if Kilkenny want to win this, what they have to do is let's say a ball lands down in the Kilkenny right half back position on Mikey Carey and he's with Garoad Hegarty. You know, Mikey Carey will be fighting there, but you'll see the likes of the wing forward, be it Adrian Mullen or whoever, fleeting back down off that wing to, to support Mikey Carey there. And if Garoad Hegarty wins it, well, suddenly he, there's a man on his back that he's not seeing coming and Adrian Mullen being trying to break it. But there's a chain reaction there that has to happen in that, you know, Adrian Mullen is now up there. You potentially have Dan Morrissey free. There's a knock-on effect. There's a domino effect around the pitch. The players now have to be looking going, OK, who's the next man to go to? And that that goes as far as literally the left half forward for Kilkenny looking across the wing going, OK, the ball is out in the other wing at the moment. But is Dermot Burns gone fleeting up the side here now that they're going to spray the ball across into him. I have to be now tracking that man. Like This is how far ahead the Kilkenny players have to be thinking on their feet on Sunday. And for any game to work, and there's a huge attrition rate trying to do that, but the bottom line is that's what Kilkenny have to do in terms of work rate and, and a tactic to actually turn over this Limerick team. It's an enormous task, but I think Kilkenny are well aware of what they have to do.
2: James, what we expect out of Limerick, Mert Costello is in contact. Can Limerick actually bring a full 70-minute display, Haven't done so, so far this year? I guess by the 70-minute display here, we're talking about something akin to the last two All-Ireland Finals, the All-Ireland Semi-Final from last year, where you know, they've blown Waterford and Cork away on the big occasions in All-Ireland Finals and you know, put in a whirlwind performance. Haven't quite seen that from Limerick so far this year. It's been a case of getting the job done. In the Munster Final, they hurled at a high level but needed extra time to get past Clare. Do you reckon there's a big Limerick performance, something akin to what we saw maybe over the yeah. last two years in All Ireland finals coming up?
1: That's a tricky kind of question to answer because like your those two performances you referenced was it was called it's like total hurling. You know you see it in the Barcelona the is total football. That's what it was. It was total hurling. Like if you're looking at uh, to mix the the an exhibition style game with a workman like performance, that there that's it. You know that was full 70 minutes. Like will that be produced? I don't think they'll be less produced. Like what's a full 70 minutes? Is it when the lead from the first second to the end. Is that a full seventy minutes of hurling? I just think it's going to be a really good contest. I think Lukini going to really put up, like, really put up them. And that's that's not to be disingenuous, Lukini. But like, it's it's the fact that I just don't think Limerick are going to have what some people might class as an as an easy ride, or they might get seventy minutes of, of an easy ride and being being the lead from minute one and finish off the game as champions. I, I think this game is going to ebb and flow and be you know back and forth and like a you know, like a heavyweight bout where there'll be plenty of punches thrown and just who's going to last until the last, you know, sixty-five minutes onwards. That's the key. That's one of the key definitely the key areas, like and at the end of the day, can you look at this game, they only have to lead once. you know, they just have to lead once and that's when the final whistle is blown. You don't have to be leading in the first ten minutes, whatever. Great if you are, but you just have to lead once. So if you were to just keep dogging Limerick you know, and dogging them and dogging them so, so much that you lead once then, great. This total performance limerick, they're liable to do it, like they're an exceptional team. And even when you go through laughing ratings of players like I do for every final let's say, they're you know, on an individual basis they're exceptional. And then when you collate them all together, you know the rating becomes becomes crazy because again for a number of reasons. One, they've done it, they've proven it, so it's not as if we're making this up. You know, and we're we're saying this this might happen. They've done it, we've seen it happen, and they're able to do it to anyone. And like number two is that they have backup. So like when you have the first fifteen guys that we just we're talking, with are Keane Lynch possibly not starting. You know, let's say he doesn't start for the crack. Let's say he doesn't start. Keane Lynch doesn't start. You bring in him. You bring in, as you said, Peter Casey. You bring in Conor O'Neill. So they've got cavalry. So they've got guys that can sustain from from the first second. To potentially 85 minutes, do you know what I mean? So they, they've got uh, an embarrassment of riches, if you ask me. Are they going to produce a of uh, a 70-minute performance? I certainly they will not do to Kikini what they did to Cork last year. Not a hope. I'll tell you that 100%. Not going to happen. Um, the year before against Waterford, they got far too much space. That won't happen either. I think it's going to be a very, very tight contest. And again, I'm going to call it right now, Murph. I'm going to say Limerick by three. Yeah. You know, that's that's just. Putting full respect on Limerick's name for what they've achieved and what they've done and the clientele they have. And the clientele they have. Simple as
2: that. Right. Off camera I can definitely hear Scale's infamous notebook which is open at the moment. So I think we're gonna we're gonna get these player ratings in a moment. But Paul, tell us, can, what are you expecting from the Limerick performance then? This idea of a, a seventy minute total display again from them, and then we'll get Scales player rankings after that
0: yeah well look we haven't seen a full 70 minute the closest thing i suppose the monster final see it's a exactly like james said what classifies a 70 minute probably last all-ireland final that classified it but um it was a total hurling were they totally challenged you know significantly that day enough to to, to warrant you No, know, would they have hurled 50 or 60 minutes that day but i don't know um certainly the the, the semi-final wasn't 70 minutes of hurling I agree. I don't think Cullackeny will let them have have it their own way in the All Ireland final. Um, the one thing, the terms and conditions that apply with this Limerick team is they are the generational team at the moment in that they're they're just an exceptional group of players. And you know, no more than when they were down by ten points against Tipperary, and suddenly they just turn it around. You know, it's they're they're capable of incredible things. But I do believe, and again, you know, I'll give my verdict in a while. But you know, I just this Kilkenny team has been progressing, you know, really well this year. Um, they've been written off a good few times now, but they've also been given you know, their, their their credit when it's been deserved. Um, but I just feel that you know, the performance in the semi-final was just an indication as to where they're going. And the fact that they're going to be looking at Limerick now going, we know exactly what's in front of us here. We're not nervous, we're going to relish what's in front of us. And this is an enormous opportunity for us as a group of Kilkenny players to do what a lot of people said wasn't possible for this team and go out and win in All-Ireland. And I know a lot of people will turn and say, they'll probably put a lot of credit on Brian you know, I believe the team will win in All Ireland, but a lot of credit will be put in Brian saying is an incredible achievement out of Brian that you know you know winning All Ireland with this team. Um, but a lot of players will be looking at that's down to the players to actually go out and win this All Ireland and. I think the players that are there are going, this is an absolutely incredible opportunity for us as a group to go up and quiet a lot of naysayers here and go win in, in All-Ireland and do what some people have said were impossible, which I think is a bit ridiculous for this team. So, um, you know, personally myself, I, I think Kilkenny are going to win it and I think they're going to win it because we haven't seen that 70-minute performance from Limerick yet, so the door is open there for Kilkenny. And like I said, Kilkenny have proven to be the team that can poke holes in your game plan. And I think they'll relish the idea of, you know, all Ireland Final Day, this Limerick team, what an occasion to go and prove the type of team
2: you are and to go and beat the current all Ireland Champions and one of the best teams of any generation. Yeah, it's, it's no bad thing to be calling a team a good spoiler. We saw it this year with what Kilkenny Rebels do in the Leinster Final, what they declared the last day too. There's plenty of evidence, even a team who've lost two games this year, still, when it comes to the big occasion this team can definitely uh, get right in your face and stop you from doing your normal game plan, which can be half the battle. So that means we come to scales player ratings ahead of the All-Ireland Final. Because you mentioned this at the roadshow. You were saying you used to love looking at, you know, when the teams were laid out before the so You've you've done your own player rankings here, James.
1: Yeah, I just love looking at it and saying, what, like, what's the mind space of the person doing it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because... Like, his, opinion, his or her opinion could, could vary so much from mine. I'd just like to say, sorry, James, jump across you there. I love when you text
0: us in the WhatsApp group. it's say, geez lads, I'm flat out. You always seem to be flat out. And then you come with a job that no one asks you to do. I have player ratings for every person on the team. Do you know what I mean? Right before the show, lads, I've done player ratings for everything. So, like, at some stage, I'm going to call you out in this whole. Jeez, lads, I'm flat out. I don't know I,
1: I, I, The right of reply, right? You're a, public, <laughs> you're a public servant, right? Which means there's only eight hours in your day. Uh, 24. 24 twenty-four hours of my day right <laughs> <laughs> Right. go on go on <laughs> oh i'm happy i'm happy with that response now i have to say <laughs> i tell you okay will i start with the cumulative first or will i go individually you oh, do you do you james we're just gonna mute here and you do yeah. you you Mickey set the parameters Quaid, i'm Mickey having a drink one and Paul <laughs> murphy nine each that's fair yeah. sean finn nine Mikey Butler 9 on, on his, current, his performance so far. Michael Carey Mikey Casey 8 Hugh Lawler 9 uh, Barry Nash 9 Tommy Walsh 7 Jimmy Burns 9 Mikey Carey 7 Declan Hannon and Richie Reed 8 Dan Morrissey 7 Paddy Deegan 8 Willa Dunnehu 8 Adrian Mullen 9 Keane I put in Keane Lynch midfield 9 okay. Conor Brown 7 Garrett Hegarty on current 8 Owen Cody 8 Kyle Hayes 9 Horik Walsh, 7, Tom Morrissey, 8, TJ Reid, 9, Aaron Galen 9, Billy Ryan, 7, Seamus Flanagan, 8, Martin Keoghan, 7, and Graham McKay and Keane Kenny 7 each. It is a cumulative 125 versus one eighty
2: In favor of Limerick? Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm not being too harsh now, because I've been accused of being overly harsh and just shooting that from the hip. So I think I've put a bit of thought into that one. <laughs>
2: Anyone that stands out, Murph, that you don't like the particular ratings for there?
0: Um, yeah, like tough one there, I suppose. Tom, if if you were putting the likes of Keen Kenny down as a seven, scoring one, two in the last game, you know, being influential, but Tom Morris is an eight after been taken off in the last game. Yeah, like. There's a few there that could be argued there as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else. You
1: obviously you called
0: him out there fairly quick, so I couldn't actually. Think
1: I, I actually I made sure I called them out very fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No. Look. In fairness, look. As in, like I mean, I think any. As I was saying to you, you, you were saying the breakdown first. I think if any player comes off a pitch and they open up any of the papers the following morning and a seven is beside their name, I think that's you know great credit to a player. So I don't think any player could be disheartened by any of those ratings. If you lashed out a few fours or fives there now, I would have been up in arms and I would have cut you off, but. uh yeah, no, I'll, I'll let you, oh, you have your
1: speak on that. I was accused yesterday of being anti clear, so any more when I do a clear ratings I'm going to lash out four or five.
2: So. <laughs> I presume this anti-Claire sentiment came from your game against Ballet, did it?
1: Correct, yeah, it did <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah. And probably the fact that I flippin' forgot to put Tony Kelly in my top five, yeah. Yeah. Let's just say he's as good in person as he is in the television, That's. put it that way, yeah.
2: But I'm glad Tony Kelly didn't come over and take any uh, exception to what you've been saying about him this year then.
1: No, not at all. Jesus, let's see. <laughs> that. He wouldn't deal with a small folk like me. <laughs> Simple as that, yeah. No way. And no bog man like you. Not no, no bog th- man like me. He just wants to go play the game and go home, you know <laughs> but let the club. But the umpire, up, yeah. the umpire, the umpire in the second half, I walked down, uh, I'd say he was 20 years of age. I Why are you so anti-Claire? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I am not, clear. I <laughs> uh, you you're saying to us the whole time off there, You are. Well, you're anti-Cork. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You were saying to us the whole time off there you are. Let me ask Damon O'Sullivan about that. I'm very uh, biased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> Who was he aiming <laughs> them digs at, however?
2: Yeah. <laughs> did you feel very, very put out given that he pretty much name checked all of the uh, off the ball pundits, particularly as being fair, and I did not hear James Skell in the <laughs> Rock speech whatsoever?
1: Oh, if you know me, Will, at all, I have a terrible, terrible thick skin. But I think <laughs> I'm probably the maker of my own downfall there. I would probably put a bet on that I said something to him that I shouldn't have said in a game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That probably uh, yeah, probably didn't go down too well or probably said something about Cork or something. This just liable. That's what I'm liable to do these days.
2: If you say something during the game from your own goal and the opposition fullback hears it, you yeah. fairly shouted. Well he about. may have
1: got sent off <laughs> right in a game and I may in my young and youthfulness and stupidity. Right,
2: what game was this? Let's sit in on this because you can remember the exact moment here where you've And I guarantee you
1: he forgets it like. Do you know this is the thing, like, <laughs> just like, he forgets it because it's like it. the Tony Kelly effect. He doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> put in or out with him. I just <laughs> remember a jerk man turned to me and just giving out to me for being this young and bull that wanted to just stay in your goal like a good lad, with you? Uh, <laughs> Kenning's debut or not his debut, but the, do you remember the two twelve game he got the incredible game, yeah, yeah, mm. savage game. Like and I think uh, the Rock was sent off after not the Rock, sorry, Jay, your man the goalie uh, why is the name? come for me. Don't, don't know look. Yeah, jesus sorry was sent off after uh i think midway through the first half or something of that or second half or something. was it him with the rock don't look i thought it was sent off don't know got sent off in that yeah game. it was him because i know yeah. he they yeah and i know the rock got split and i just i don't know maybe half time i was just saying something i should have said to be honest but, yeah
2: <laughs> moving on moving on coming, so if, coming if, up on 15 years i'm pretty impressed that he holds grudges that long
1: if <laughs> not does. i know I'm, I'm, I'm saying it for the crack you know what i mean but uh, <laughs> yeah that follows me you're laughing i laughed at there morphine you're on about Eddie Brennan uh, I can laugh at it now let's say I wasn't laughing at the time but uh, Eddie Brennan hitting lads just like you know we played a league game this is the 8th oh, league as well league final against Tip and I said I go out now and I take a free and as I'm going out I I, uh, I hit the free sorry I scored the free and as I'm coming back in did I hit, hit Larkov with the shoulder and I'm saying cheers I'm on it now boy. I'm feeling good now I'm 19 or 20 years of age next ball comes in I misread it entirely through my legs cold <laughs> I said fuck this I'm not going to show the legs again <laughs> yeah that didn't go too well for me Morph <laughs> young, young and dumb
2: right before we get your final predictions because I know there's, uh, James has already opted for Limerick here um, Di Conway is in contact I'll throw one to you Paul do you click any of the subs to keep the intensity going for 70 to 75 minutes a lot of energy is going to go into the first 50 minutes of the game at the weekend. Yeah they do I have no doubt about it Like I mean Any of the teams I've seen For Clekenny,
0: um, Like half the time I'm wondering how, Why isn't Such and such a player Starting or so on Which is a good complaint Like if you have players On the bench Any team that Nearly that's named You kind of ask Why isn't this player Starting Why isn't that player Starting Like if you look at The few players On the bench Let's say potentially from the last day. Okay, Connor Fogarty was injured, but let's say the, the team that started last day, and we have every other player then is available after that. You know, you look at the bench there where you have Killian Buckley, like Walter Welsh came on. David Blanchfield was like young hurler of the league or hurler of the league, whatever was, you know, whatever he was, he was left half back and of the league anyway. Great player, and only came on for a few minutes last day. There's, there's loads of players there that could certainly well that are capable of doing any job that. Um, that Brian has in store for him. Like, Richie Hogan was on the bench last day, wasn't used again. There's so many players there, James Maher, Alan Murphy. There's lots of lads that, you know, it's like a Swiss army knife in terms of whatever job you want them to do. There's a player there that I fully know can do the job that they'll want to do. Um, If it's a simple case of, for Kilkenny lasting the 70 minutes and, and, you know, staying with with Limerick that day, Kilkenny, for me, looking at them and looking at all the games they've played this year, whatever, if people want to argue about hurling teams or whatever, they're the they're absolutely on a par with any team if not better in terms of conditioning like if we look at the lads and I've you know I went down to the river there one of the days went down to Conor Fogarty just to go for an old recovery hadn't seen him in a few weeks said uh, to go down and here was a few of the lads on Cody Mossy Keogh, and Conor Brown all the boys were inside in it and uh, like sure all the boys were in the tops off and I was going Jesus Christ these lads are huge they weren't this big and I left the panel now but they're big now but the condition and the shape that they're in you know, if they if them boys can't go seventy minutes, there's no team in the country can do it. So I'd have no fear of whatever fifteen Kilkenny put out, that ten of them will last to seventy minutes, no problem. And whatever five then Kilkenny bring in just to, I suppose, give the extra shot in the arm going down the home straight, I've no fear about it. They're in exceptional condition. Um and a lot of credit has to be given to strength and condition coach Mickey Comfort again, because I'm sure Limerick have their, you know, strength and condition staff that are in it, you know, they have them obviously we've seen the pictures of how how you know, great condition they're in, but I have no doubt and just seeing the Kilkenny lads, the the nick they're in at the moment, they'll they they last the seventy minutes, seventy five minutes, eighty minutes, whatever it's going to be. Um and I'd I'd have no
2: fears from that point of view of lasting the rate, um, with this simmer team. Yeah, I did enjoy David Herity last week. I'm not sure if you guys caught it. He had two wonderful pop culture references. He was talking about Brian Cody and Cody being the overseer of everything that happens in Kilkenny training. And he compared him to Sauron's Eye in The Lord of the Rings. And the other one he had was for Richie Hogan's skull, where he talked about the, effectively the line from the Dark Knight, the Batman movie, where you stay around long enough to be the hero then you become the villain and he was saying possibly after what happened in 2019 if Richie Hogan gets on the pitch and has a telling contribution against Limerick maybe he can become the hero once again. I thought there were two very good references. I don't know if Richie Hogan gets on. I mean all talk is skeleton. I know Paul will have to probably keep his counsel on this even if he does know if Richie Hogan is going well in training. Like we saw only a couple of years ago in the Leinster final against Galway what he can do if he sprung from the bench. He's been starved of game time this year but the reports seem to be that he's going quite well in training.
1: Well first things first like, Is the man fit Can you tell us that much more? He is yeah He's fit yeah So if he's he, fit, like he, Richie Hogan's been fit for Six months
2: Why is he not playing then okay.
0: Fuck Well I, I don't I, I can't answer that question um, No but one thing I would say And it's not speaking <laughs> of <the> return Like <laughs> Richie
1: You can't or you won't Which is
0: it <laughs> Well I don't, I don't know the reason Why he's not playing That's the bottom line like, You're too could, straight I, Murphy.
1: You're too straight Well I could speculate <laughs> yes. As to why he's not
0: playing But like well, Speculate That's all we're after That's all we're after I, well, I don't know like Richie has had injuries maybe there's a little bit of a kind of a if, if we play him you know will we be taking him off or you know is there a kind of a predisposition there to kind of go you know maybe overly analyse the injuries he's had like when instead of just going he's either fit or he's not fit we have him on the bench we don't have him on the bench um, you know we, we definitely Kilkenny could have got, gotten more game time into Richie Hogan over the last while um, and I think it would have been certainly a fruitful thing to do to get more game time into him um, but look, let's say for the Clare match, when Richie Hogan was named on the bench, like the amount of people that were asking me, well, will Richie be starting? And I, never mind, will he come on? This is this is a play. He's going to be starting. But if he's not starting, we're definitely going to see fifteen or twenty minutes. The funny thing is, against the Clare in the Clare game, I think if that game was a draw or Kilkenny were down by two points, I think Richie Hogan would have come on. But the fact that Kilkenny were yeah. miles ahead, I think Brian kind of opted. I don't know, maybe to throw on like he threw on a few different players onto the pitch, and I was going. It, it, it I, it's kind of a funny anomaly there that you know if the game was in was in the clutches you know to be won I think we actually would have seen Richie Hogan because he's one of those players that's capable of turning the tide for you but because it wasn't required maybe we didn't see him but Richie's been fit for months um, and that's not speaking of turn like I said he's heard club matches for us um, he's fit he's ready to rock he will start full forward next Sunday if he gives a jersey and he will he will give you everything he has in the tank so I, I, like I said I'd be speculating if I said maybe why he hasn't I mean I don't know what the players see in training I, again even yesterday after the game lads were asking me about like the footballers were asking me about Richie because talk around Uncle Kenny is he is flying in training Um again I'd never ask any lads who's going well who's not going well because you, you know yourself James it's not your place yeah. to do that and because of the form that we have of podcasts and doing interviews you don't want to be asking lads this to make them think that the only reason you're you're talking to them is that you want to get a little nugget of information so yeah, you can it's a go trust, your, it's a trust you know, it's a thing, trust yeah. thing yeah. Yeah, yeah so I don't ask lads that but you know I have lads coming up to me in Kilkenny you might meet a lad for a pint and all I say is I hear Richie Hogan's destroying lads in training and that's what I'm hearing so I don't know what the story is after that I won't speculate I don't know what the story is I know he's fit by all accounts he's flying it in training so after that you know, your guess is good as mine. Maybe David Herity has a good uh, movie analogy to
2: describe the situation, but I don't know. I don't know the situation at the moment. Maybe David Herity is the all-seeing eye and not Brian Cody. <laughs> Predictions, then, James Skell. You've already said you're edging towards a Limerick win. What by three or four points?
1: By by three. Yeah, I'm. I'm just, to be honest, I'm, I'm picking that margin. Out of my hole, will to be honest. <laughs> I couldn't lie. <laughs> I tell you, it could be three, it could be two, Klikini could winners. It. It's just it's a fine margin. I'm going to i was just gonna say let make with three. I've no scientific data to put behind, behind okay. That's
2: definitely gonna be quoted by Tommy Walsh at some point. Go on. Paul, where are you going? I will
0: go I'll go Klikini by four. By four?
1: Oh, more mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to say it now, there's been times there's been times where I felt uh, I held back a little bit in terms of saying where I think, you know, how much a team is going to win by, like, and one of the big regrets I had last year was with the All-Ireland in terms of Limerick and, and Cork, I thought Limerick would win that match well, now, but, you know, at the time I was saying, oh, Limerick will win or whatever, And but I couldn't get over when people were saying that I thought Cork was going to win, I just didn't, that, I didn't feel that at all, like, you know, But afterwards, you know, when they saw the big beat and I was there going, maybe I was a little bit too kind. I think I said at the time they would have won by five or six or whatever like that. But look, Kilkenny, Limerick, I genuinely believe at the moment that from what I'm seeing with Kilkenny that they can poke holes in this Limerick team. And again, it goes back to, you know, the Limerick team that we saw in their performances last year. It's not up to the same pitch as it has been this year. And that's been a very, like, I I mean, that's picking, that's clutching at straws there now in terms of picking out, or splitting hairs even, you know, picking out in terms of their performances. But I do believe if, let's say, Kilkenny pick holes in that Limerick uh, game plan, they go at them. If you give Kilkenny a chance to go ahead by two or three points, I think what Kilkenny do do really well is game management and t- turn the nail so that or turn the screw so that they go ahead by two scores. Not that they leave the game coming down the home straight by one point or two points. I think they'll be clever enough to get it to a position where they'll maybe be ahead by two points coming in the last few minutes and they get the two scores to turn it out to four points because I think Limerick in the last two or three minutes if Kilkenny are ahead have to push up, have to go a little bit further, have to look for scores, and they'll leave the back door open then for Kilkenny to go down the other end and knock over two scores. So if I'm being very specific about it, I'll go Kilkenny by the two-score margin by four points.
2: Okay, that's very, very specific. I do like that. Very specific, yeah. Does that mean, Paul, you were kind of guilty of that thing that often happens to pundits in their first year or so of doing punditry, where you're like, I don't want to put too many noses out of joint, so I'll go, ah, Cork will give them a good run, even on the back of your head, you're thinking this could be 10 or 15.
0: Yeah, kind of. You're you're feeling it out. Certainly, my like last year was my first year out in the world of uh, of of punditry or whatever you want to call it. But I did at the start. I was trying to. It takes a while to break down the road away that shield as a player you had for years of where you were given these middle of the road answers to, so you get out of the way <laughs> and like this thing that people give out about that players don't give enough interest in answers. So you know, it it, it took a, a few months, to, I suppose, break that down. Maybe, but again, yeah, it kind of there's a thing as well of you know before a game when you're asked your opinion you also don't want your opinion to come back um well no there was a time i don't care now but like last year i was maybe a little bit concerned about going oh jeez you know what if what if i'm wrong here and i'm wrong by 10 or 15 points you know i don't want to be that far out so it's better to be conservative in those situations but now I don't really care to be honest, because Skel will just take the line out. He just he'll say something cracked anyway. So I'll let him just I can say <laughs> I, I, I can say I just, Kilkenny by four, and Skel will Skel will get the headlines because he's picked it out of his hole, as he said. Like so.
1: <laughs> you see, Murph, I'm I, I listening to everything you're saying, and I'm like, Jesus, I couldn't give a fuck what people yeah. say in the first year. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to roll back. Maybe I need to be a bit more like conservative, right? like more people measured, like Murph. We'll meet each other halfway. We'll do so. I'll be a bit more random every so often I don't yeah, know I'm gonna be more measured now. Yeah, good man. No
0: Right. bit In late Europe. for that now. Last game of the year of a, like, yeah. fair play to you. <laughs> late than never, like, yeah, <laughs> Episode, what, what, 21, Will, is it? And yeah. James is going, we have one more after this. And James is like, right, I'm going to be a bit more conservative.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, that lads. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time, which is uh, <laughs> the thing you've got to remember. Now, Detox101 sent a pretty random uh, Thursday, or sorry, Friday night tweet which I was looking at and basically what he suggested that we would do for a bit of crack and he said for a quiet week but then I was like right I was uh, sick in bed at the time and I thought right I'm gonna have a go at this team anyway so unfortunately I gotta jump ahead on you guys but basically the parameters are you have to pick players who are within 30 miles of your home club so Google Maps was getting a bit of a hammering here to make 100% sure that players were inside the 30 miles and so on so I'm gonna give my team first and then I'll throw the floor open to both of you Unfortunately, Self and James are not going to be able to compete with the sheer amount of all Ireland medals that Murphy's <laughs> going to be able to do, uh, given where he lives in Kilkenny. But hey, I think our teams are interesting because we've got three provinces and three different counties in them. So my 15, yeah, then <laughs> <laughs> I've got two young hurlers of the year and two hurlers of the year into mine. So happy enough with that. And it's all stars one to 15 as well. So goalkeeper is going to be Stephen Byrne, Kalahi and Offaly. Full back line Ollie Canning, Pertumna and Galway. Kevin Canahan, Sir Kieran and Offley at full back. Martin Hanamy of uh, St. Rhinus and Offaly in the other corner. And I've tried to pick the players here in their actual positions as well. We talked about the All-Stars a few weeks ago. They've got Brian Whelan of Burr and Offaly, Brendan Maher of Barsali and Tipperary, and Kevin Martin of Tullamore and Offaly is my half-back line. Tommy Dunn of Tumivara and Tipperary in midfield, alongside Johnny Pilton of Burr and Offaly. Uh, John Troy of Lusma and Offaly, along with Bonner Maher of Lura and Tipperary, and Johnny Dooley of Sir Kieran and Offaly is going to be my half forward line uh, Johnny's brother Billy in one of the corners and you've got Damien Hayes of Pertumna and Galway in the other corner and a certain Joe Canning is going to play at full forward on my team so that's my 15 that's good that's, that's very strong very Scale. Strong. I reckon our 15s probably aren't going to be overly Orf. different here
1: hold on a second now yeah less the condos in the comments there right <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Very strong, very strong. Until you come with a fucking nuclear bomb of a team now the second. Five minutes ago, we talked about you being a little bit more concerned you. Jesus
0: Christ, you didn't even keep it up for five minutes, like, Do you know? It's called being sound, all right? It's nice to be nice, James.
1: Oh, that's what my mother always said to me. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the good team though. in fairness, with Now, I, I I must say, right, for people that don't know, I'm in Capitaegui, which is East Galway. So, uh, yeah, the thirty mile radius, you know, it just kind of limits me a small bit for... Hurland counties, put that way to you. So I can only go south. I can only go. Out there and islands direction, like is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'll i shoot i the brief so. so I have I have Colin Candle, uh Vera Galway, Pete Finnergy, Mullia and Galway, Dahi Bork, Turlock and Galway, Ali Kenning, I have Brian Whelan, Burr Offaly, Tony Keedy, Clymer Daly and Galway, and I have Brendan Bugler, White and Clear. He snuck in a bit like you and Brendan Maherwell. He just snuck in by you know, I'd say his room is in, is in the 30 mile radius and the bathroom is, is outside <laughs> it. Yeah, it was 200
2: uh, feet for Boris Lee to get them inside, but go on.
1: <laughs> I have David Bork from St. Thomas's in Galway, Johnny Pickleton, Burr, in Galway. I have Kevin Broderick, Abby in Galway, Joe Cooney Sr., uh, Sarsfields in Galway, Bonner Maher, Laura, Damon Hayes, Joe and Connor Wheeler. Uh, and we take on the bestie. Our lads. <laughs> So, Morf, um, you have to go now, yeah? I <laughs> have to go now. <laughs> oh, bye, 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 There's <laughs> a beer garden with Kilkenny footballers yeah. calling there. <laughs> no no no, no. Your yeah, Wi-Fi's going there, Morf. We'll yeah, put yeah. him off quickly.
0: <laughs> Um, I actually made one amendment there Because when I thought of a player That I was like I wanted to uh, I, I was having wicked Wicked hard times With my forwards here And to be fair again A disclaimer to the, to the team I sent to you yesterday I was driving into Ratcool Yesterday on the team bus There was lads singing Sweet Caroline Neverton, And I gave you 15 Just to get you away from me Because you were Texting me away there But um yeah, so I'll make an amendment uh and I'll let you yeah, you'll know which, who's you, which the who you, which who's amendment. the
1: amendment like who's going the to
0: portion that comes out. <laughs> here. I don't wanna drop out no, I'm not gonna say the player, because I don't want to drop him out if you thought I was in my first team, but now I'm dropping him, so I don't But anyway, on i the goal, Owen Murphy, Glenn Moore, Mick Cavanagh, Freshford, Noel Hickey, Dunhamagan, Jackie Tyrrell, James Stevens, Tommy Welsh, Tullerone Brian Hogan, Noel Lochlands, JJ, Delaney, I'm gonna put Richie Hogan and McFenley in the middle of the field. Uh Richie Power, Henry Shefflin, TJ Reid Eddie Brennan DJ Kerry Owen Kelly
1: Jesus Christ <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> Have you actually talked up can't the stats say, on this? Uh, like All-Irelands and All-Stars
1: here
0: Yeah there is uh, 111 All-Irelands there I All-Stars I
1: was telling you I was counting and I got to your half back line, and I got over 40 or 5 All-Stars or, or All-Irelands well, I was. give that, I just I give up it.
0: I was at twenty there by the time I was on old hickey, so I was wondering if I said I to slow it down here. Now, if if we're talking Monday, hopefully now I'll be able to add another three all Irelands to that one there as well. So hopefully we'll be up to hundred and fourteen by, by next Monday. So uh I will see. But yeah, look, and as well, Mr <laughs> I didn't I didn't go fully kill Kenny. Kelly's in there as well, give credit to the man. Played him a few weeks ago against Mullenhorn and he's still uh, he actually broke a hurdle. We played Mullenhorn a few weeks ago in a match and uh Mister and Owen were actually at one stage too. I was centre-back he was centre-forward he broke a hurdle, and now the way he broke it so let's say like he broke it like a splice basically and I am saying hurdle as well not hurly it is a hurl yeah. and uh, so he broke it like a splice not in half so there's a big lump gone out of it from the boss and uh, a few of our boys were running after him and he went and he rose the ball with half a boss basically had a look around took a solo look around again and then Pucked the ball like the boss was fully working, like there was a full boss there. Pucked the ball across about twenty yards to a fella and they put the ball over the bar. So Own Kelly, I won't whatever age he is now, I'm sure he's late thirties anyway, is uh, is still operating from the So uh have to give him uh, have to give him his credit there and definitely definitely in my team. Jesus, if he's in thirty miles, Own Kelly's on any team.
2: Is he still running the show for them then at club level? Like is he still taking the freeze and
0: yeah, yeah, he is. Well he he yeah, he was taking the freeze that night anyway and he was clever. We were there and obviously it was a challenge match and there was lots of players being played. Um it was actually great a match as well, great even for it, but he got a free on this kind of close to the sideline, nearly on the twenty one and one of his own players a kind of a younger fellow was running in towards the goal and Kelly let a roar at him and as the lad turned around the ball was coming at him because our lad wasn't marking him anymore and sure they hung it up in the net like so like the hurling brain which is a huge thing never mind a lot of people talk about the fitness and the physicality the brain and the hands are the huge thing obviously with hurling but uh, it's all there for Ron Kelly at the moment so I'm not sure in terms of championship you know is he is he out centre forward or where is he playing like? but he
2: just seemed to have a free roll that night but he's still it's just great to see like Siobhan Kelly still playing for Mullen yeah, absolute legend of the game. If you want to take part, by the way, particularly in the YouTube, just stick it into the comments. So the rule is the players that you pick have to be within 30 miles of your home club. Outside of that, be as creative as you want with who you pick. But uh, interesting to see where some of the listeners are going to come from. Particularly those who are in Munster might have very different selections, very different areas they're picking from. Uh, Scal and I particularly benefiting from being close in the to the borders uh, of counties.
1: And as well, We need to put in three provinces. We can't just have one province so you're just making Murph's team is null and
2: void is it I'm thinking geographically
1: can you get Ge- to the third geographically province? what province do you want me to go to the third yeah, one so, so from? so King Murph me. you're out you're out Murph you're <laughs> out sorry get <laughs> off the bus get take off the your, bus right, take so your
2: 116 All-Irelands you? and put them in. <laughs> just make up a few rules there that
0: makes me stop <laughs> picking Orf, players and you can't Orf. have players like if you know so you can't have lads with a H in their name so Henry's out there you can't right. have lads with you know Syllables, uh, T J J J, yeah, all, get all them at uh, DJ, get them out, done, done. You Hello. have to have full names. Not <laughs> out.
2: Most, most importantly, Paul. Before we let you back to the celebration of the footballers, you've got your ticket for this weekend, do you? I have, yeah, I have a ticket. Uh, I haven't put my hands on it yet, but I'm, I'm. Uh,
1: oh, wished. Uh, sorry for. <laughs> well, I saw, I saw Mr. I don't know who, Mr. Paddy Andrews, up at the match yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Will. Oh, Where's up 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 there? there
2: you go. They're in the press box. Yeah.
1: Where are the three of us going someday?
2: You can uh, you can divert that (laughs) towards the uh, the weekend the weekend producers on off the ball who've probably given the tickets away to Tommy Welsh already.
0: You may send an email to complaints at off the ball and explain who you are the whole lot. I hope that website doesn't exist. I'll be sitting in the (laughs) middle of the crowd, in the middle of a Kilkenny crowd, hopefully somewhere anyway. So I don't care. As long as I have eyes on the match, I couldn't care less where I am.
2: That is episode 21 of the hurling Pod. Lads, looking forward to the breakdown of the All Ireland final. And uh, good luck to Kilkenny at the weekend as well, Paul, in the final. And good luck to James and your prediction that Limerick are going to win. Lads, we'll chat to you next week. See you, lads. Good luck. (laughs)